Hey, do you feel like you're getting thrown around the healthcare system and are frustrated with the lack of clarity that you're getting from your providers? Do you feel like you're getting suboptimal care and that you deserve better? Do you want help busting some myths and deciphering what's good and bad information out there? If you'd like to be a part of a community that's connected with the best resources in the area and is taking small steps toward their health and fitness goals, then this podcast is for you. My name is Jeff Danning, and welcome to the Seeking Wellness Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Dr. Jeff Denning here, physical therapist and golf fitness professional. Thanks for coming back to the Seeking Wellness Podcast, Southeast Idaho edition. I'm back with my buddy and colleague, Easton Drake of bodybuilding.com. What's up, Easton? Hello. Nice to be back. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. We we talked a little bit, well, a lot of it went a little longer than we were expecting, but uh, about nutrition uh, macronutrients, fat burners, pre-workout creatine, all that stuff. Um, kind of on the supplement side of, uh, bodybuilding.com today, we are going to focus a little bit more on the workout, uh, regime and different styles, different schools of thought on general fitness and applications. So the, the big three that we're going to be hitting today are bodybuilding, powerlifting, and CrossFit. So obviously there's, there's a lot more, um, schools of thought. We're not talking, uh, too much about Olympic lifts. We're not really going into the cardiovascular, like the endurance athletes, the triathletes, the Ironman, um, Spartan race type things, orange theory, F45 boot camp styles. Those are a little similar to CrossFit, but they all kind of have their own unique spin on things and different schools of thought. And we also will not really be covering yoga, Pilates, Zumba, other types types of uh, group fitness style classes. So um, if you're looking for that, stay tuned. I will probably, I'm hoping to get some other guests on the podcast here soon in the community to kind of cover those. But for now, we're talking bodybuilding, powerlifting and CrossFit. So um, Easton, I'd love for you, since this is your kind of domain, obviously, to talk to us about bodybuilding. What is bodybuilding? What does that look like? I think we'll go over like a broad overview, just give us a little a little synopsis of it first, then we'll talk about powerlifting. I'll give a little synopsis about CrossFit and then we'll take a deep dive into each of those. That sound good. That sounds great. Yeah. So bodybuilding, um, a lot of people first off say like, you know, since I work for bodybuilding.com, um, well then we must all be bodybuilders. Not necessarily (laughs) true. Um, bodybuilding.com is really for general fitness, right? We sell supplements for anyone and everyone, no matter which thing you fall under, even the ones that Jeff brought up that we not, we're not going to discuss. Um, but bodybuilder would be my personal, you know, favorite, I guess you could say, um, my style and the main purpose of bodybuilding is to just build muscle mass, right? It's all about the look. So yes, you naturally are going to get stronger because you're building muscle. Um, but it's not going to be when you're comparing it to like a strength athlete or a power lifter. Um, it's going to be more about how do we get that? Let's use the shoulder, for example. How do you get the front, the middle, and the back to really kind of pop, right? That's what the word pop or show. Um, gotcha. Now, to do that, um, we, you know, the focus is going to be on sculpting. Right? That, that'd be a good keyword. You know, Arnold talks about sculpting a lot if you look at his interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's the main idea behind bodybuilding. Okay. So getting your getting your physique in check, really looking good, getting your muscle definition. Okay. Tell us about, uh, tell us about powerlifting. Kind of a broad overview. 
Yeah, powerlifting is going to test strength, right? So powerlifting is focused on three main um, compound lifts, bench press, deadlift, squat. So the training behind all of that's going to be surrounded by those three. Um, and your idea is to get, I mean, literally as strong as you can within those three and what exercises are going to help get you there. Um, the look of yourself, if you look at a powerlifter, they're strong, um, but they're not really focused on, you know, having abs, Maybe mm-hmm. having your, their shoulders pop. Um, they're big, they're big people, but, um, they're not going to be focused on the looks necessarily. Yeah. The numbers. Yeah, absolutely. The, these are often guys, the, the, I don't know what you call them, the rib dad bod guys, you know, that are like super jacked. Sometimes they have like a, a little bit of a gut, but they can like bench 600 pounds, you know, right. Or they can deadlift six, 700 pounds. Like it's, <laughs> they can output a lot of force, but maybe they don't look like your traditional bodybuilder. Exactly. I, I will say though, um, being in this industry, um, yes, general consensus, most of them aren't going to look like a bodybuilder. However, there's a couple that I think it's just genetics. Um, one oh, guy yeah. in particular, who's young, he broke some records and he worked at bodybuilding when I first started there. Um, the guy literally had washboard six pack abs, I think maybe an eight pack. But he was kind of like an anomaly with powerlifting. Like most of those guys don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. This kid just was very lucky. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are definitely exceptions in the world. And one thing I want to kind of emphasize with, you know, powerlifting is yeah, just because they're on six pack abs doesn't mean their nutrition's not off spot. In order to output big numbers, their nutrition needs to be pretty well dialed in. True. Good point. Yeah. I I totally agree. Cause I mean, to be able to output that much force, they also have to be intaking a lot of uh, just calories in general, but healthy right. calories, of course. Yeah. And then of course, protein for the recovery things we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and then we'll talk about CrossFit briefly. Easton, what's uh, I mean, I know you don't participate in or participate, participate in CrossFit. Um, you did just talk with Danny Mossbrucker from uh skyline class of 2012 <laughs> yep. but she is a, a former games athlete as well so just from a, i don't want to say an outsider's perspective but like from your perspective what is crossfit so for uh, me at a broad uh, overview yeah no so yeah i had like jeff said i had the pleasure of uh, meeting with danny recently um one thing that's changed i guess since the last couple of months was i became a writer for bodybuilding.com um and with the crossfit open starting this last thursday they had asked me to write a piece on it. And I was like, I know nothing. I mean, I, I know a little bit, but not enough to really write an article. Yeah. So I reached out to Danny and she was really um, nice about interviewing with me so I could learn more about it. And what it's come down to is for me is CrossFit is this high intensity type of workout style where you're trying to actually be as fit as you can in all physical skills. So that's endurance, stamina, power, balance i mean you're doing things like wall walks um walking yeah, gymnastics stand. type movements mm-hmm. right gymnastics type movements but you also have some of your deadlift or not deadlifts but like snatch stuff and other things that you incorporate um and it's all timed usually like mm-hmm. it's all like you have to do <laughs> as much as you can in the next couple of minutes and it's like oh my goodness for me personally yeah i i'm just not built that way i'll be honest <laughs> but i have respect yeah it's a, it's a totally different experience. It's very humbling for newcomers, especially if you've been in the like fitness community, a general, maybe just like a general strength trainer or you're 
pretty athletic in high school, but then you go to a CrossFit gym and you just get wrecked by like all these other guys, like these 55 year olds that have been doing it for 10 years and they just smoke you in the workout. And you're like, Holy smokes, man, this is, <laughs> this is different. But yeah, and, and, and sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you there, Jeff. No, you're um, good. I was going to say one thing, you know, Danny brought up to me was uh, there's a very uh, popular guy who's known for his bodybuilding um, here in over in Boise where we're located. And he actually came to CrossFit and he's like, Hey, I want to join CrossFit for the next couple months because I want to lose muscle mass. And when he said that, you know, when Danny's telling me this, I'm thinking, what does he mean by that? And I'm like, that type of training, you can't, unless you're eating a ton, which you really couldn't. Um, but it's not meant to build as much muscle mass as possible, like bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally a different workout. You're putting so much, you're outputting so many calories. Yeah. You, you just really can't. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, it makes sense now. I had to like sit back and think about that. I was like, he's still going to build muscle in CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. Different. It is. It is totally different. The, uh, the textbook definition or as stated by Greg Glassman for CrossFit is constantly varied, high intensity functional movement. So constantly varied, their workouts are pretty much never the same. Um, I mean, you'll repeat like some of the, the classic wads or the, the benchmark wads, um, is what they call them and like do those maybe once or a couple of times a year to see how you're performing on those. See if you're improving, but the, the constantly varied is a big aspect of it, not just in, um, the workouts, but in the movements like Easton talked about high intensity, of course, is I think what it's known for is just getting people to throw up on the floor afterwards and feel like <laughs> just crap <laughs> and then functional movements, right? So moving, um, moving big loads across, uh, large spaces over short time domains. So well, uh, yeah. And I said, that's a good one to call out functional movements. Um, that's a big emphasis, obviously in CrossFit, um, bodybuilding, should it be probably um, <laughs> functional movements should probably be incorporated more, but they're not definitely an emphasis when you're talking about bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, always. <laughs> well, let's go into it a little more Easton. So um, tell us what, I mean, you talked to us a little bit about bodybuilding's philosophy. It's all about kind of the physique and getting certain muscles to pop and really getting that defined look. What, what does that programming look like? in a traditional aspect. And I know that's a loaded question. So no, that's <laughs> a good time. It's a great question, but yes, it's very loaded. Um, because you look into bodybuilding programs, um, even the big names, small names, whatever you want, they're all going to do it differently. The biggest thing that it's going to come down to is your rep range. Um, and how many exercises per day or routine that you're going to do. So most people in, in the bodybuilding space or style would be like anywhere from six to 15 reps. Um, it, it kind of depends and you're going to vary it every couple weeks and maybe every four weeks. Um, for me personally, I love to be right around the 12 to 15 mark, but then after, you know, doing that for four or five weeks, I'll go back down to like six to eight. So, cause I'm still wanting my strength, right? Like I'm still wanting to have a yeah. little bit of strength for just overall health. Um, the big difference is what you're going to see, especially when you're comparing it to like a power lifter is the emphasis on each body part. So again, powerlifting is focused on three things, squat, bench, press, deadlift with a bodybuilder. You're going to have maybe a chest day, chest and tries back and buys day, a shoulders and a legs. Let's just say it's a four day split. That's pretty common. 
Well, on the chest, you're going to not just focus on bench press. You're probably going to do an incline, a decline, a couple different flies, cable flies maybe, because um, you're going to work on the width of the chest instead of the density and the thickness. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like calisthenics a little bit. That's not a normal bodybuilder, but you know, push-ups builds a little different for you. We're talking yeah. about bodybuilders. So that's kind of like to give you insight on that. Um, and they're going to focus more on, and then like back, for example, you're going to do pull downs, different types of rows, maybe a low pull row, row high pull row. Um, and I mean, we keep going on that, but um, that's a traditional like four day split. Like I said, we could change that. We could do three days, we could do five. So we'll, we can talk more about that if you'd like, Jeff. On yeah. That. Yeah. What, what do you do currently? So I am on... <laughs> If you ask my fiance, she probably tells you I'd be there seven days a week, which is not true. It's on um, a seven day split. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm actually on a five day split right now. Um, I do vary though, um, especially depending on my load of my work and school right now. But what I usually do is I, and my week start on Sunday because of my work schedule, my old work schedule. Yeah. So Sunday, it's always going to be a back day for me to uh, Monday is going to be a shoulder day. Tuesday is going to be a arms, so biceps and triceps. Um, so I do a little differently. And then Wednesday is going to be a Wednesday. Wednesday's off. I'm sorry. Thursday is a chest day. And then Saturday would be a leg day, right? Is that every body part? I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, I think so. You're not, you're not in the Chest day is Monday international community. Definitely not. No, actually, I try to avoid <laughs> it on Mondays. Um, that's why I do shoulders because a lot of people aren't going to mm-hmm. put the two together. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not part of international chest day. It used to be, um, but nice. it was too hard to find a bench or yeah, I'm sure it gets crowded. So, um, but my personal favorite, if I could like, I like going. It's a stress relief thing for, for me more than anything. Um, my favorite split though is a four day split. Really, you yeah. like that extra day though. Yep. I like that extra day right now, but I mean, realistically, um, my four day splits are my favorite. Don't know why. It's just something I think, um, I feel like that's like a perfect ratio of work, you know, working out and rest. Yeah. So, and I never do consecutive rest days to be honest with you guys. Um, I always, yep. I'll never do like Saturday, Sunday off or like Friday, Saturday off. I usually do like a Wednesday, Friday off or Tuesday, Friday. You do like a, a three, one, two, one. Yep. Something like that. Okay. Instead of a five, two. Exactly. Gotcha. So what's the, what's the thought process behind, um, kind of isolating just like just having a chest day or just having a shoulder day. You mentioned you have, um, kind of a, a bicep and tricep day. Is that common in the bodybuilding world? Cause obviously those are antagonistic muscles. One flexes your elbow, one extends your elbow. So is that common to have like, that's actually um, not common. Okay. Um, your most common is going to be a push pull split. So okay. anything you do to push, right? So chest, press, any bench press or anything chest is going to be a push. Any tricep is a push, right? Mm-hmm. Cause they work together. If you, if you work in chest, you're working your triceps in the secondary muscle. For sure. Um, and then of course a, a shoulder would be a push technically. Um, and then a pull would be anything with your back and your biceps, you're pulling. Um, that's a, that's a traditional split for me. The reason I started doing arms actually was I couldn't get them to grow. So 
I was doing a chest try and back by split um, and I could not get him to grow. So I started researching. There was um, six weeks to sick arms was this program. Um, <laughs> Dr. Jim Spawning. Nice. And um, I was like, I'm going to try this. And it's, it's actually a tiered way. You only do like arms once a week, then you do it twice a week, then you do it three times a week and you kind of go back down. Um, but you always just have an arm workout. Well, I saw really good results with that. So I've always kind of stuck with it now and I'll vary how many times I work out my arms. If, if they're starting to, I feel like they're starting to lag. So. Okay. So is, how does this, do you have like a, a year long program and, um, I, cause I know like in Olympic lifting and like sports, like athletes, they have like bigger cycles of training they're programming for right macro cycles um is this something you do in bodybuilding as well or is it more of like a week-to-week type thing or how how long is that outlook for good question so a lot of your bodybuilding ones are going to be micro cycles um so they're going to be tell us what a micro cycle is uh so micro cycle meaning that you're gonna you're gonna follow maybe a certain regimen so certain rep range all of that for only a short amount of time so maybe like a week, you're going to do all of your exercises in this rep range. Mm -hmm. In the next week, you might change it. Or most of the times it's usually a couple weeks, like two, three weeks, then you'll change it. Um, and the reason being is you in bodybuilding, you have to really focus on all the different types of muscle fibers, right? So you have to change those rep ranges. You have to keep that, those muscles being stimulated to actually enhance the growth or maturity look, or the look, I should say, not maturity, um, but look of them. So um, for me personally, I reevaluate every four weeks usually. Okay. Um, and that's kind of like, okay, what do I feel like I'm lacking? Do I need to change? Do I need to maybe hit a body part maybe twice in one week for a minute um, to see more growth? Or do I need to give it more rest? I, it just kind of depends. Yeah. So and is that... Sorry to interrupt. Is, no, you're would, good. would you throw in like, if you feel like your arms aren't growing quite as much, would you throw in like an extra bicep exercise on leg day or something? Is that a thing or is that just a sin? Nope. That's exactly <laughs> what I do is um, okay. if, I'm, if I'm realizing like, let's just say my biceps are not growing. Um, I will definitely throw them in. Um, I'll throw them in my back day, of course. Right. You're already working them again, secondary muscles. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll just do some volume work. Um, so what I mean by that is high rep, light, lightweight, but high rep. Um, and focusing kind of on the squeeze, especially with biceps. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been known to throw them any day, leg day, shoulders, uh, <laughs> chest, even sometimes that's again, antagonist, but nice. It's, it's just something you, you know, you almost feel like you have to do if you want to see some growth sometimes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You just need that little bit of extra volume. What's your, what's your favorite bicep exercise? Ooh, um, you had to hit one. Man, um, I do like preacher curls. Preacher curls. Yep. Um, those ones are always just—I don't know—they're nice. I love the angle, right? For most mm -hmm. part. Um, yeah, that'd probably be my favorite. I'm not a big dumbbell curl fan, to be honest. I don't know why. Really? I just—I'll do—I do them obviously, but not—not my, <laughs> my go-to. Yeah. So. Do you do straight bar or barbell curls? Yep, um, or yeah. easy bar. Um, easy, bar. Or easy curl bar. So if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's kind of that bent bar that actually kind of fits. Yeah. It looks jagged. Yeah. Muscles. So 
a little easier on the hands and wrists and right and the bicep actually because when you're when you when you actually do it your wrists are going to be almost flexed on a straight bar mm -hmm. which doesn't technically allow that full movement always depend on heavy and all that but yeah absolutely so talk to us about uh rep ranges you mentioned um what'd you say about 12 to 15 is kind of your favorite but yeah what's the what's the reasoning behind that and are you like are you taking that to failure are you taking that just shy of failure are you taking that to a, a moderate cruise level what is what's the stimulus behind that so most if you look into most studies um 12 to 15 for the most part um of course you can always find studies outside everything um but 12 yeah. to 15 is where you see the most growth usually and what i mean by that is i don't mean like 10 pounds and i just do 12 15 times but i could technically do 75 times right um i do it to failure right my failure has to be within that 12 to 15 rep range that's why i keep it that way um some people will do like oh i have to do 15 reps i don't like that idea because if you do that you're gonna stop at 15 even if you could do an extra one and that's why i like the range right 12 to 15 so i try and think of a weight i can do 12 for and if i can maybe do three more extra great gotcha so um, that's the thought process behind it, but definitely to failure. Um, you take it to failure every time. Yeah. And if it's too light, my first set, because I usually do about four sets. That's what mm -hmm. I'm going to do. Um, I will definitely increase the weight. So I'm in that range for the rest of the, the last three sets. Gotcha. And, and now that I've done it so long, I mean, I have a very good sense of where I want to be each workout or each exercise. When you're first starting, you have to just kind of, dabble with it dude like yeah you just gotta like hawk and pray and like exactly you just gotta grab it and say okay, of... i think i can do this but you know definitely have a spotter if you're just beginning things like that but yeah being able to be flexible and adjust on the fly is very important don't be like stuck like i gotta get this 15 reps or like stuck at a certain weight you know i think yep. that i agree i think that can be detrimental okay um so yeah. What, what would you say is most common for like, if you're new to this uh, realm of fitness, bodybuilding, what's most common or what's the best way to start and kind of tackle it? Good question. So um, if I'm like, if, if someone were to contact you and they're asking me, Hey, I'm just getting started. wanted to get into bodybuilding. What do I do? So first off, we've already talked about the nutrition side. That was the previous you know, episode I did with you. <laughs> That's first and foremost. It's, Always yeah. going to be. It's never. Yeah. You're not going to ever achieve your, your fitness goals without your diet. Maybe supplements if needed. Um, Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to outlift my bad eating habits, but it, it, just, it just, yeah, it doesn't. You can't. <laughs> I know. I, I'm the same way. I go in waves. Um, mm hmm and like I said, I don't compete. That's one thing I want to be clear about. Like I don't compete in the bodybuilding stuff, but yeah, I follow along. It's something I'm super um, interested in and all of that. So um, I think it's really cool. I just, I, I think you're like an artist in your own sense. Yeah. Really get things to pop out. Um, but with That's you cool. starting, let's just say you got your diet dialed in. What I would say is identify how many days you can work out. So Jeff, just give me a certain amount of days you, you could work out technically. Um, I'm super busy, man. I can only hit three days a week. Three days a week. Perfect. So I'm going to tell them push again, chest, triceps, shoulders, a pull day, back biceps, and then a leg day. Start with that. Now, as your schedule changes, I would recommend maybe getting it to be a little bit more broken out. 
Um, if you can get to four days, we can talk about that. Five days, you know, get even more. Yeah. Um, three day split. That's easy. I mean, that's push pull legs. Push pull legs. Classic. Are Lock. you sorry to interrupt this train of thought? Do you guys um, repeat then? Like if I did, is if you do six days a week, is that just a double of a three or? So a lot of people who do six days a week will just hit body parts um, twice in one week. Push pull legs, um, push pull legs. Yep. So that's, that's the most common. Like I know a lot of uh, friends who do that. Um, you know, it, and like I, so what I will do sometimes is if I do, let me refer, let me remember mine again here back um, shoulders, arms, chest, legs. Sometimes I'll do six days a week. Um, and on the sixth day, it'll be whatever I'm lacking. So okay. if it's arms, right, I'll do an arm workout again. Um, or if it's back and actually what I like to do is I like to change it up a lot. So I'll do a body part for a couple of weeks, then change it up and be like, okay, I'm hitting chest twice this, for the next two weeks. Gotcha. Six um, days, like a wild card flexible right. day. Yep. So, so I'm not one of those people who do like everything twice a week, but, but those do exist. Those do exist and they're very common. <laughs> gotcha. And, and it's going to depend on your, per, your genetics, to be honest. A lot of people like, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I'm sure there's a body part that you technically like have, you feel like you have a lot more mu muscle mass in compared to other spots. Um, yeah. People are like legs, you know, people are like, oh, I never have to work out legs because my legs are big. Yeah. yeah. My calves are giant and they're actually right. kind of weak, but. <laughs> but they're giant, right? So mm -hmm. from a bodybuilding standpoint, you're good, right? Like you don't have to worry about them as much. Yeah. So maybe you won't hit those as often because you know, they blow up and you, you got to be proportionate. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing about bodybuilding it <laughs> is all about proportion and aesthetic. Um, gotcha. But yeah, that's six days a week is actually super common. Six days a week is. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, especially with the, especially your big competitors, obviously. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you have, do you find that people have, trouble taking that day that rest day off yeah so most people actually um in body but especially your big competitors don't take days off um they call really? them active, active rest days active rest days yeah mm -hmm. so which is good i think it's a good idea um so what that essentially means is they're staying busy right they're doing maybe some cardio that is a big piece of bodybuilding by the way i was gonna ask is cardio is a big piece because when you're bodybuilding you're trying to minimize your body fat essentially to have everything pop out Mm -hmm. And we all know the best way for the most part um, is cardio and on top of weight training. Yeah. So um, they'll spend lots of times on cardio. Um, I, I personally like to do slow, steady cardio state. Steady state. Gotcha. So that's like, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the bike. Um, I haven't been as good at, about it lately, but normally I like to do like three times a week, um, Monday, Wednesday, saturday um for me okay but i'm planning on ramping it up to be four days a week at least with 20 minutes a day on the bike and i'll do it fasted meaning without like right when i wake up really yep is, so does that is that separate from your workout like will you do cardio in the morning and then yep. um go weight lift in the afternoon Exactly. So I, yeah. So one thing that works for me personally is splitting those up. Um, a lot of bodybuilders actually do it. Some like to do it, add it, you know, to the, the beginning or end of their workouts. Um, one of the biggest things I personally think if you're going to bodybuild, 
um, you have to be really careful about is cardio before you actually weight lift. Okay. If you're trying to build muscle mass. If your idea is a bodybuilding is to build muscle mass, why exert all your energy and cardio first? Yeah. Good point. Weight lift first, then go to your cardio after. Yeah. The, the studies I've seen have also, uh, found that out too, that your, your cardio, your metabolic conditioning is much less affected by weightlifting prior than your weightlifting would be affected by doing cardio prior. Exactly. And actually there was even a study and that, and I don't know how dated this was anymore or anything. This was years ago, but one of the things it talked about was there's a study out there when you did cardio post weightlifting, you actually burned more fat longer term. Nice. Um, yeah. So I was like, at that time I was like, cool, I'm all in, you know, <laughs> so, but now I like to split it. I personally like to do a little fasted. Um, yeah. That's a whole nother thing though for some people. So yeah. Is for back to our, my original conversation about someone just starting out, is that something you would recommend or would you recommend no. just throw it in at the end of the, at the workout? Okay. Throw it in at the end of the workout. And then that's going to depend too on where you're at. Right. Um, if you're someone who's like, um, like skinny, you know, needing to really build muscle mass, I'm going to tell you to focus on your diet and your workouts first. Let's not incorporate cardio too much. Now I'm definitely going to suggest you do it because cardiovascular health is just as important, if not more important than over, you know what I mean? Yeah. From a weightlifting standpoint. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have it minimal. Um, so, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes, uh, a couple times a week. Now, if you're overweight, you want to bodybuild, you obviously, if it, some people who are overweight have a lot of muscle mass ready. So they're going to try and cut down, right? First, because there's cutting and bulking too. I forgot to mention, mm-hmm. um, they're going to try and cut down that body fat. So they're definitely going to have to do probably some more cardio, um, at least probably three times a week. And there's two different ways they could go about that. They could do the slow, steady state or um, hit high intensity interval training super effective. Um, and if people can do it, you know, if someone who's a little overweight can do that kind of stuff, more power to them. It's, it's definitely, there's a lot of studies on it that show how effective it can be. Yeah. Super beneficial. I am, I am of the, I'm of the hip hit camp as well. So, yeah. And I was going to say the hit camp is, I mean, something I've tried and, and it works. It's just not, for me, it's not something I could do every single day. Like I can get on a bike and do it for 20 minutes and kind of zone out focus on it. But I mean, anyone who's into hit though, literally <laughs> kudos. Is there a heart rate zone or a range that you're trying to hit between or like I, a cadence I, or something on the bike? I personally don't. Um, so Just whatever what I, you're feeling. Yeah. Whatever I'm feeling. Cause there's days, I mean, there's days I don't want to get on it at all, Yeah, but I'm getting on it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that to me is a win. Um, totally. So even if I'm going slow that day, I mean, I'm like, Hey, it's a win. I'll take it. Um, I try not to look at numbers too much actually in general. Um, because for me personally, I get too, I don't even know how to say this, um, too like into those numbers. I'm like, you're like hyper-focused on them. And that's the most important thing rather than right. how you feel or look. Right. Exactly. Like I think, you know, training needs to be kind of instinctual, meaning like you need to listen to your body and identify what works for you. Yeah. And, I guess I could give you a plan or someone could give you a plan, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the best plan for you ever. For sure. For sure. You got to learn that yourself. Yeah. There's a, 
there's a word for that in the scientific literature. I don't know if you've heard it. It's called auto-regulation where you're just basically determining, okay, I know normally I can hit a bench today or a bench five sets of five for whatever, 250 pounds, but I'm just, I'm feeling kind of weak today. Didn't sleep good last night. So maybe today I'm bumping that down to 220. Um, so it's kind of just, it's been shown really to correlate well with uh, rather than having a set plan and sticking to those exact numbers, like, you still see those improvements in strength and hypertrophy. So big fan, big fan of that as well. Kind of just listening to what your needs are and how you're feeling that day. Yep. And, and I was just saying a lot of times what I'll do is I'll actually, you know, I know I'm going to work a body part out. Uh, so I know I'm going to work back on Sunday. Yeah. But when I get there after my first like couple warmups, then I'm going to be like, okay, I can go heavier or I can go lighter. So, so I will kind of judge that too. Sometimes um, the day of, you know, do I want yeah. to stand above 15 rep range? Do I want to go higher and do six to eight? You know, how was my diet? That's one thought that goes through my head. You know, did I get some carbs in? Where's my protein at? You know, those types of things. Yeah. Um, Cause they're going to make me feel a little different in how I'm going to actually be able to be able to sustain whatever rep range I choose that day. So from like this week, to next week is you, you sort of touched on this a little bit in your week cycles, but does your workout change or is okay. it basically the exact same movements week to week? And then maybe you'll modify the numbers or reps or weights. So one thing that I have found for myself is I have to change the actual exercises. So, you know, okay. after I, I said, we do like a lat pull down. We do um, a seated row, a low pull, a high pull row. Mm-hmm. Um, I change all of those out essentially. So, you know, lap pull downs, um, the gyms I go to, some of them have weight loaded lap pull down machines, and then they'll have a cable lap pull down machine. Um, I'll definitely change those up, right? Like week over week, um, because there's different tension on them. Right. And again, we're focused on the muscle and how it looks, right? So if we change that, your body, your your muscles are going to stimulate a little differently if you're changing it up. Um, rows, of course, we're going to do maybe some cables, maybe some plate loaded or dumbbell or barbell. There's a lot of options in, in rows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to change those each week. Sometimes I'll, I'll end up, you know, I'm a creature of habit and I'll do the same ones over and over, but I'll catch myself after a couple of weeks and say, I have to change this week. You know, how I'm going to work that part of the body. Gotcha. So you're pretty flexible with your exercise choice then and having three shoulder surgeries um chest personally (laughs) you could ask people i don't bench um i i just i i i can um and the last time i did it i mean i was it was a decent number like you know i didn't max it but um yeah i don't like to bench um i like a lot of the machines a little bit better because what i can do is i can easily disengage my shoulders in a in a press on a chest press machine Mm mm-hmm so, um, and again, I'm not a power lifter, so I'm not trying to go get a big number on bench. Yeah, that's fine. So. That's totally fine. Um, hmm, that's interesting. Would you say that that flexibility is pretty common in the bodybuilding community or are they pretty much like Mondays I do ABC exercise and that's, I pretty much got that dialed in and that's it. Most of them are going to have like their go-tos. So, um, again, off powerlifting. Um, some of them are going to have like their, they're definitely going to squat again, builds tons of muscle, multiple spots in the leg, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's different squat variations though, but most of them are going to have a normal just squat. Yeah. Then their accessories outside of that or their other things that they're going to do um, are going to change. Um, chest bench press is going to be your center focus. And then you're going to do different types of flies. Um, I see what I've seen with most bodybuilders is they do change it up quite a bit. Um, but maybe just have a couple core exercises they do on each day. Gotcha. What's your indication for progressing an exercise? Is that like just, okay, I did four sets of 12 to failure today. Is that let's bump it up five pounds. Let's go four sets of 15 next time. Let's what's kind of your strategy for like progressing an exercise or uh, movement. Like you're saying, like, um, like if I'm noticing, let's say I'm doing 20 pounds on a lateral raise, let's just say mm-hmm. and I can hit my numbers for a couple weeks straight. How do I like I progress after that? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. If you, you know, successfully hit your target range that you're looking for, then what's your, what's your next step? Cause I mean, yeah. obviously we want to progress eventually. Right. right? Yep. Exactly. Um, then, you know, what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, if it, if it's like my first or second set or even third set and I'm like, man, like I'm feeling like that I could actually do more. I'm going to jump right away there. Now I'm not going to jump a lot. We're going to jump depending on what it is. Dumbbells, five pounds. Usually I'm going to jump five pounds up. I'm going to test it and I'm going to see. Now I'm going to keep that in mind. Um, a lot of bodybuilders will definitely, they're old school and they'll write out all their workouts. Yeah. At the gym. Um, but there's apps for it now too. Mm-hmm. Um, and why, why they do that is because, again, their whole idea of progressing. I'm pretty good about remembering my numbers. Again, I hyper-focus on them. <laughs> so, um, so the next week when I go in, if I, if I realized, oh, I did do 20 pounds to failure at 12 every single time, we're going to try and bump it up. And so the first set, obviously outside of warm-up sets, um, I'm going to try and hit 12. If I can do 12, we're going to keep it at that big weight. Or we're just going to keep it there and keep progressing as we feel it, you know, nice. as, as my body feels it. Yeah. If I can't, um, it, within my rep range, I'm going back down. Um, a lot of people are going to be like, no, push through it. And it's like, no, for me personally, it's not about injury. Um, yeah. Rather go back swallow, down. Swallow your pride. <laughs> yeah. Swallow your pride. Go back down um, and just redo it. Um, one of the biggest things that I, I would give advice for a beginner, especially is leave your ego at the door. I'm sure you've heard that. Um, totally. It is completely true in the gym. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a pretty big guy. I wouldn't say always the most muscular or anything like that at all, but, um, you'll see me in there doing like lateral raises some days with 10 pound dumbbells. Like, yeah, I'm not again, trying to show off. I'm not trying to compete. Nothing. I'm just in there trying better myself. Yep. Um, look better. That's, that's my thing is look better. Um, and that's it at the end of the day. I don't care if someone's like, oh my goodness, this guy's a big dude and he's only lifting 10 pounds. I really couldn't care. At this point, so yeah, that's a big thing. Checking, checking your ego, checking your your titles at the door. Like if the if the workout, uh, the crossfit workout of the day says 225 pound deadlifts and you can only lift that once, then like, yeah, you're gonna have to bump that down to 115 pounds or something for the workout. Then you there's no reason you need to be like ashamed of that or anything. That's just where your fitness is at for the day. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is it's for the day. There could be a, you could go back next week and actually be able to do more. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know. And maybe it was your diet again. Maybe it was, you didn't sleep very good. Yeah. Um, so many factors. 
there's so many factors. So you just got to listen to your body. That's, that's at the end of the day. Um, and for me, the ego thing, especially young people, um, <laughs> the ego lives in high school. I remember that. And, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It was always based off your maxes and stuff. And mm-hmm. how much you bench, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you oh man, dude, you're not very strong. <laughs> Do you do you dumbbell bench or anything, or is it just yes. barbell bench that you hate? So okay. If I'm benching, it's going to be like I said, mostly machines. I like to do plate loaded. Um, machines yeah. For the most part, so my elbows are down, but dumbbells your best in that sense. If if you really want to focus on getting your elbows in and taking that pressure off the chest, mm-hmm. dumbbell bench is probably one of the best things. I do. I do like that a lot. There's a there's an increased stability component too that you have to take into account with dumbbells. It's like if you could bench you know, 200 pound barbell. It's not like you can put a hundred pound dumbbell in each hand and bench that. That's, that's not how that works. Exactly. Or try this. Um, this is something I did for a long time too, is, um, one arm dumbbell bench. So yeah. You know, it's like, tough. That whole, like your core and actually trying to <laughs> yeah, be an offset. Yeah. Different. Even though you're lifting a lot less weight. Yep. There's right. Yeah. Your opposite side has to kick on to kind of stabilize. And again, that goes to the ego thing, right? Cause you're definitely going down in weight. You're not doing a hundred pound dumbbells. So. That's a, that's a big boy <laughs> lift. If you're doing a hundred pound dumbbells. So awesome. Any, any final thoughts on uh, bodybuilding Easton that you want to leave um, listeners with? You know, I think the biggest we thing is, all? I, we kind of talked a lot about bodybuilding, but there's powerlifting, CrossFit yoga, um, we, you know, what Jeff t- touched base on there at the beginning, um, as long as you're moving, that's, that's what I would say is if you're doing cardio, if that's the only thing you're doing, yes, I would always recommend weightlifting. Um, there's way more benefits on that side, but if you're just moving, that's what's more, most important. Um, any type of physical activity, uh, and yeah. some of you guys are big hikers in Southeast Idaho. <laughs> Hiking is a great exercise and it is exhausting at times. And it is. Yeah. Uh, especially when you have. 30 pound backpacks or kids you're carrying up the mountain. Yep. Like, yep. But I would always recommend at least people trying to look into like weightlifting again, doesn't have to be bodybuilding. Doesn't have to be powerlifting. Doesn't have to be CrossFit. It could be any of them, whatever fits your style, your lifestyle and what you enjoy. Um, you'll see a lot of benefits from lifting weights. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Activity of any duration has benefits, I think. And that's, uh, we definitely don't have a, a moving too much problem here in America. It's, it's quite the opposite. So, um, yeah. yeah, get moving is a good idea. So let's get into, let's get into powerlifting a little bit then cool. Easton. Um, I know that's not a big emphasis of yours and I'll chime in where I've got knowledge, but what's, what's powerlifting program looked like. I know we're kind of focused on the squat, the bench and the deadlift as our core components, but, um, what does that uh, layout to over the course of a week. So let's say it's a four day split. Um, or I'm sorry, a three day split with powerlifting too. So we talked about push, pull legs, right? So if you're looking at power lifters, you're going to actually be literally thinking of it, not like a leg day. You're going to thinking of it as a squat day. And then you're going to do probably deadlift accessories is what they call them. Okay. So Interesting. What muscles technically do you work on a deadlift, Jeff? Um, deadlift. It, well, there's actually an interesting study that came out, but I'll give you the answer you're looking for. Probably it's more <laughs> posterior chain, glute, hamstring, um, low back, uh, so you, and then quads are probably up there as well. Right. So you're going to do accessory. So accessory workout or accessory exercise is going to be something those, that isolates those muscles. So glutes, for example, mm-hmm. um, 
I know a lot of gyms here. I don't know about Southeast Idaho, but we have glute kickback machines. Oh yeah. Yep. So you're gonna you're gonna do stuff like that. So you're gonna do your squat, and you're gonna you're gonna be heavy. Mm-hmm. Most powerlifters are probably following like a five by five, five sets, five rep range, compared to that bodybuilder that was way up there, right? Fifteen reps. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're focused on that that strength, that dense muscle, to be able to p- output a lot of energy. Yeah. And then day two would be like a bench day, and then you're gonna do upper back or upper back accessories. Why is upper back a big thing for bench? Uh, for me, I would say like upper back. I mean, that's your immediate contrasting muscle to your chest, all right? To your, your to your chest, and then that gives you like some stability to push off of when you're performing the movement to make that push a little bit easier. I don't know if you have a better, you might have no, a better answer than that, but no, you're exactly right. Like it's, it's exactly what it is. So yeah, we all know on a bench press, you're working your chest. Mm-hmm. However, the counteracting muscles are your back. Um, I know there's been days when I do a bench press, like this was years ago. Um, my back would be sore. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I did chest. Like, why is my back hurt? But my lats are sore, right? Like, um, and it's because they still, you're still working them. You're just not working them. It's not a primary muscle. Um, so yeah. that's what that would look like. And then day three, of course, would be your deadlift day and then squat accessory day. Gotcha. So, now squat accessory and deadlift accessories are going to be very similar. So mm-hmm. now, and then some people will throw in a fourth day It'll get, again, be a bench day, but then they'll throw in shoulder and tricep accessory instead of a back. It just kind of depends on the power lifter essentially. Gotcha. So do these, do powerlifters do cardio? Powerlifters, <laughs> I would say it's on emphasis. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, that should probably be something they do. Um, but in, in real, reality, they probably don't. Um, and, and the reason being is they need all the calories they can for that strength, for that output, right? Big number. Yeah, that's what I've seen as well for the most part. Which is okay. I mean, like you're still moving weight. Cardiovascular health is a good predictor of longevity. But if your goal right now in the short term is to just output as much um, weight, lift as much weight as possible, then yeah, maybe skipping cardio is beneficial. Yeah. Right. Again, I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Yeah. As a PT, I can't recommend that entirely, but (laughs) gotcha. So go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to just transition into our next point. Unless you had something to add on that. That's pretty much it with, with powerlifting. I mean, it's, I feel like it's a pretty straightforward for people who are just looking at the surface of it, I guess you could say. Yeah. That is a good synopsis. So, I mean, you, you uh, touched on this term power building earlier before yeah. we talked, and that seems to be kind of a blend of bodybuilding and powerlifting. So do you want to, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So a lot of, a lot more studies are showing like the difference between like low rep ranges, high rep ranges. There's a lot of studies on those, right? Like when you're doing a five by five or you're doing a four sets of 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that people are starting to realize is if they mesh bodybuilding and powerlifting together, depending on the body types, they're going to see better results. Um, yeah. In what way? From both perspectives, right? Both perspectives. Bodybuilding, right? They're all about look. So they're going to build that muscle a little differently. Um, I don't know how true this necessarily is, but one of the things that I saw recently was heavier weight, lower reps going to build like thickness and dense muscle. 
Um, higher rep is going to make it almost fuller, but maybe not as dense. Um, Interesting. So it's kind of an interesting like thought or visual in my head. Um, again, not necessarily true, I would say, but um, I see what they're, they were trying to trying to insinuate, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, so yeah, so a lot of people will try and do like, and that's what I'm talking about with microcycles too. Um, you know, yeah. changing it over and over, you can go heavy for a couple of weeks, then change back over to the high rep range. So that would be power building in a sense. And the whole idea is just to, to change and stimulate those muscles, get different response from them continually. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I was going to say, so if you, have, if you're doing, if you're trying to get into this uh, blend of power, power lifting and bodybuilding, then, and you're doing like a five day a week split or something, then you'll do like squat on Monday. And then you'll do like a, I don't know, a bicep tricep day on Tuesday or something, or how does that work? Yep. Yep. So yeah, if you're doing like a power building, right. You could almost still keep a similar um, structure to like your, your bodybuilding one. Um, it's going to be about all about that rep range. That's going to actually change. Gotcha. Um, so obviously on um, mine would be back, right? Like, so back day. Okay. Again, power, power lifting's bench, squat, deadlift. Back is going to be important for an accessory muscle technically, but nothing there. When I get to my leg day though, squats, I'm going to definitely be focusing on a, on a lower, if I'm power building, at least some point in my regimen or my program, I'm going to be on a lower rep range. I'm going to be focused really on the squats, maybe the deadlifts, those kinds of things. Some people will throw in a deadlift on their back days too. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I get it. It works your back, but I think it's more meant for a leg, you know, a leg exercise in my opinion. Um, but I get the whole back idea because then you're splitting it between that and squat. Gotcha. So, okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Going back to like, rep ranges Easton why is it like beneficial to exercise at lower rep ranges as you are more focused on power building as opposed to like the higher rep ranges the 12 15 20 sometimes of bodybuilding so the reason why because you're going to be doing both right like one week you're going to be doing this and then maybe a couple weeks later you're going to be doing the other one mm -hmm. um and again it's all about how you develop that muscle um Lower reps, you're going to be focusing on that strength. And then when you get to the higher reps, you're going to be focusing almost more on like the shaping. So think about it from like a clay standpoint. Um, if anyone ever took a pottery class, you're going to put a bunch of clay on there, right? On that little spinning wheel. It's been a long time since I did uh, pottery. <laughs> I have not but taken pottery, so. You're going, to throw, you're going to throw on all this clay, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going, to, you're going to build it up because you know you're going to tear it back down, essentially. Um, so I think of it lower rep. That's what you're doing. You're building it all up. Then when you get to the higher rep, you're shaping it. So you're going to shape it into that bowl or that cup. Um, that's kind of the best visual I can give you in a sense. Does that make sense? Gotcha. It does. And there's, uh, there's something in the scientific, the, the PT world specifically, at least, and um, it, it carries over into the fitness realm as well called specificity or specificity of training. So it's the idea that you're getting more specific towards your goal um, as you progress in your training cycle. So if I, if my goal is to, and your goal in powerlifting is to lift one rep as heavy as possible, then you want to get more specific to that one rep range, right? You can probably get there by, um, lifting 15, 20 reps, but you're, it's not going to be as effective as 
lifting um, more specific to that range and heavier weights. So um, yeah, totally agree on that. So any, any, um, I was going to say with power building, you know, the biggest thing I think is um, a lot of people have to have that correlation of looking strong and being strong. Yeah. So that's why you have power building, right? Cause you're going to be able to build the strength and look the part. Um, a lot of bodybuilders aren't as focused that, I mean, one of your most common is Ronnie Coleman who could squat 800 pounds. With no, <laughs> but um, that's kind of an anomaly to be honest with you. And a lot of the bodybuilders, I mean, they're strong, don't get me wrong, but not compared to a power lifter. Who's focused yeah. Specifically on that. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause yeah, if you like pulled three guys off the street, and just looked at them and we're like trying to judge which of them could produce the most way you might guess the bodybuilder but you may be wrong if you're right. comparing them to a power lifter is that what you're saying yep exactly nice just like a bodybuilder trying to go to crossfit right <laughs> I, mean, I mean we're just you know those things are very different they are <laughs> the, way they, the way they are structured so. they are they are uh, any last thoughts on powerlifting or power building before we transition over to CrossFit? Are we kind of um, we kind of cover it power, with powerlifting specifically. Um, you know, people who are going to want to get into this form, um, and not that it's not important in bodybuilding, but for power lifters, when you're lifting that much weight, make sure you're focusing on your form. Yeah. Before you go heavy, yeah. um, unless you want to see Jeff. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in reality, um, that form needs to be on point before you start getting too heavy or Good. you will start to get injured. Yeah. Yep. That is, that is something you start to see. Um, and that's, uh, that's a good transition. Cause that is something that CrossFit hammers actually pretty heavily is that they want to get mechanics dialed in first. They want to make sure you have a good foundation of whatever movement they're doing first before they start to add weight, before they start to add intensity and speed or more dynamic movements, right? They want to make sure you have a strict pull-up before you're able to do kipping or butterfly pull-ups. They want to make sure you can squat, you can air squat with good technique before you start throwing um, weight on the back or doing a front squat and doing um, that. So um, totally agree on that part. But yeah. Have you, uh, I mean, circling back, have you ever done CrossFit or are you just like, Nope, I'm good. No, man. Um, I'll be honest, <laughs> so, um, and I, and I think it's kind of cool that you brought that up. Like they talk about that. Um, when I, when I did my interview last week for the CrossFit open and games, mm-hmm. um, one thing she emphasized was the gym she goes to is they have an onboarding class. They have what? An onboarding class. Nice. So when you join that CrossFit gym, you actually do an onboarding where you're in your own little section and they're teaching you the basics essentially. And I thought that was so cool because I'll be honest, when I first heard of CrossFit, this would have been about college. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, like 10 years ago, like when I first started, I was a freshman in college. I was like, CrossFit, what? People aren't doing like, they're not using the right form. They're not, not true at all, by the way. They're yeah. just getting a lot quicker. You're not really able to judge their form, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're not as strong. You know, I just had this thought. That was the general consensus for the most part. Totally. Same. And then I met, his name was Cam. Um, he used to go to the rec center all the time. And this dude did CrossFit, was actually part of the CrossFit games with Danny. Uh-huh. The strongest dude, though, I've met. <laughs> CrossFit, but also strong. So he'd do, go do a CrossFit workout. Then he'd come to the rec center and, and just do, like, normal bodybuilding, like, workouts. Like, yeah. 
or power building, I guess you could say, because he was going heavy. It was just like, dude, yeah. freak athlete. <laughs> there, there are some crazy, crazy athletes. Um, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but you get the guys, I think it was Matt Fraser that we were talking about. He's pushing, you know, a, or maybe he hit it. This was a few years back, but 500 pound deadlift and a sub five minute mile. Like you don't get many athletes in this in ever, like in, no matter what sport you're in that can do both of that. So, right. And that's what, you know, in that, in that whole interview, you know, Danny was one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was you, when we talked about this before was you don't specialize in specializing. Mm-hmm. So Matt is this Matt, Matt, for example, can go squat this, but also run the sub five minute mile. If you do that to like, if you look at a bodybuilder, bar <laughs> lifter, go ask them to run a sub five minute mile. They're definitely not going to most yeah. likely. Yeah. Um, or even a bodybuilder, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's just, that's crazy to me. So. Yeah, it is. And I think that kind of plays into what CrossFit's about, right? So um, for anyone not familiar with CrossFit, basically you get uh, a WOD, which is which stands for workout of the day. And it's written for um, RX athletes, which are basically athletes that are at the peak of their performance and they can um, do all of these movements at heavier weights, right? So they, they write uh, a workout. It's, um, it's posted every day on CrossFit's website. They publish a, a workout of the day. And then you either do the workout as written, which is RX, or you do the workout like scaled, like a scaled version. So you bump the weight down, you bump the reps down, you bump the um, range of motion down, something to meet your level of fitness. And this is how I think CrossFit gets a bad rap for this because they, um, the, the stuff that makes it on social media is like everybody doing these crazy, like work on the gymnastics bars and like handstand walking and um, throwing this weight overhead, but it's designed to be tailored to anyone at any specific fitness level. And so uh, if the workout was like uh, 27, 21, 15, nine, you know, that's a common rep scheme for CrossFit and you're just doing a couplet. So like uh, a deadlifts and box jumps, right. The, the program weight might be 225 pounds, but like we said earlier, if you can't lift that, then obviously we're not going to ask you to. And so we're going to find a weight. We're going to find a variation of that deadlift, even if it's just a kettlebell so that you can um, do the workout. We're going to find a height for that box jump, even if it's just more of a step up that you can do that workout. So um, yeah, I know you've said you've never tried CrossFit Easton, but and, and CrossFit's kind of culty like this, but we'd love to have you sometime. And <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, no, I learned a lot in that interview. Um, and I mean, it, I, like I said, I, I wrote that and it's on bodybuilding.com, but I feel like a lot of it didn't make the cut, I guess you could say. Um, mm. we, she talked a lot about the community and I talked yeah. about, it, you know, one of our favorite parts was about it being inclusive. Yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of opened my eyes because I never realized that. Um, I feel like CrossFit really emphasizes community. Um, and I think that's so cool because in the fitness industry, you don't always see that. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of negative things be said. Oh, this person doesn't look like that. Or this person doesn't meet this. And, and yeah, chastising people that are in the gym, like on their forum or like right. whatever yeah, so, exercise they're doing. So, 
something that's been a big TikTok thing right now, and it's super frustrating, is people are secretly videoing these people doing. <laughs> I saw or, that. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Um, Joey Swole, he's an influencer, um, big guy. Um, he actually started calling people out recently on it. And I, I think, think I've seen. I landed on Jim Talk somehow, and I think I see his stuff. Yeah, pop up the, and he calls I'm, him I'm out. He's it. like, mind your, is he the mind your own business guy? Yep, exactly. Okay. And, and half the time he's like calling him out. He's like, you understand they're doing like a drag curl. A drag curl doesn't look like a normal curl. Yeah. So first off, that person doesn't even know what they're talking about. So why would you post it? Like, you know what I mean? So not to get too much into that, but yeah, um, no, again, it's, it's, it's a fair point. So, and that's what I loved about the CrossFit thing is like, she was talking about the, how community driven it is. You guys have um, for the open and the games, you have an adaptive 16 adaptive divisions, mm-hmm. um, including upper extent, like people with an upper extremity um, disability, lower extremity, neuromuscular. I noticed there was also one that was like wheelchair with hip rotation and wheelchair without hip rotation. Um, wow. So like, there's a ton of them and again, men and women, right? Like for each one. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Um, you don't, yeah. we have in bodybuilding, you see the wheelchair division, um, which is really cool. Um, Harold Kelly's big time in that one. Um, but huh, I didn't know that. Other than wheelchair division, there's not a ton. Like, you know, it's not like we have one upper extremity, lower extremity. I think it'd be really cool if we saw that in the bodybuilding industry, though. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, we, I mean, looking back at uh, one of the studies that I was referencing um, before we hopped on our call was that they they looked at uh, a CrossFit-style training regimen versus like a more traditional just straight strength or, or weightlifting group. So both the, both the groups went in, um, I think for about 12 weeks, they came in three times a week to the gym. One of them did like a group fitness class, CrossFit style workout. The other, um, I think had a trainer with them, but they were doing more traditional, like bodybuilding style lifts or powerlifting. Um, and at the end of the week, they both showed, or at the end of the study, they both showed similar strength gains, um, similar improvements in like muscle hypertrophy. But the cool thing about it was that they asked them like, do you plan to continue this exercise program after we're done with the study? And about 50% of the people just in the like guided exercise, the, the weightlifting, um, planet fitness style regimen said no. So like almost half of them were just like, no, I'm just doing this for the study and I'm not going to continue afterwards. Um, but in the other group, you had 100% of the participants say, yes, I intend to continue this, uh, workout regimen after the study's over. So every single person said they wanted to continue working out in that group fitness style, um, type training regimen. And I just think that's, that's cool. And it speaks, uh, kind of volumes about like making your exercise as part of your lifestyle and not just like a a chore or something you have to get done, right? These people are going to CrossFit style workouts and they get to hang out with their friends and they get to throw, uh, weight around and be a healthier version of themselves, at the end of the day. And, um, yeah, it's, it's cool that we have research now that backs it up that group training is, is a fun and safe and effective way to, uh, push that forward. For sure. And I was going to say, and that's one thing Danny actually also brought up too, is, um, during the open, right. Um, mm-hmm. it's not, yeah, it's the first step to get to the games, but they suggest everyone, even new people join the open because, um, 
not because a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, a lot of new people are like, well, I can't, I'm not good enough to go to the games. I'm not good enough to progress, right? Get to the semifinal, quarterfinal, those types of things. Um, but what they always tell them is, it's first off, it's a benchmark. Next year, you're gonna have the open again. You're gonna have those numbers uploaded. Yep. And you're gonna actually know where you were. Here's the other thing she was telling me is, there's always a trend. There's always gonna be a past piece of a workout in the open. So you can always oh, okay. compare that. So maybe, you know, I know walks, um, wall walks was one this year. Yeah. Last year. It was so, last year as well. Yep. So, so, so what you're going to see is your progress, right? Even if you're not placing and going to the games, um, you also are going to feel kind of included in this community outside of not, or outside of your gym. You're a part of this community that's worldwide. You're competing against people that are clear across the country from you. Yeah. And again, a lot of them are going to be in, some of them are going to be in great shape, maybe compared to you, but some of them are going to be in the same shape you are. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool too. Yeah, it is cool. The, uh, I believe the saying goes CrossFit, CrossFit isn't for everyone, but it is for anyone, meaning that anyone is welcome to join and participate and we'll find a, a level of the workout that is of course going to push you and make you sweat and get your heart rate up, but that you are uh, feel confident doing and are safe doing it as well. Um, if any of you guys didn't catch my social media posts, I did publish a, I might just do a podcast on it too. I did publish um, a few videos on CrossFit injury rates and they're actually not as high as you would think they are on par with any other form really of recreational fitness. They're similar to bodybuilding and powerlifting about three, uh, anywhere from I've seen less than one injury to about 3.5 injuries per thousand hours of training, which is a lot of hours of training. So, um, whereas, you know, you look at American football, we got nine to 10 injuries per thousand hours and running like novice runners are up in the like 18 to 20 range. Cause yeah, they just, the, I think the repetitive nature of running and just a lot of runners just do the same route all the time. Um, just leads to a lot of overload using the same, same muscles all the time. So anyways, um, to get off that horse, is there anything you want to wrap up with, um, CrossFit? I've got a couple questions to finish up Easton. I don't think so. Like I said, um, if you're definitely like community driven in that sense, um, and you're looking for that, that piece, or that's a big piece for you, definitely recommend checking it out. Um, you know, I joke about, yeah, I would ne- probably never try it out. I actually <laughs> would try it out. Um, I just know I wouldn't be very good at it. Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's a style. And, and I hate felling. So, um, again, numbers person, right? So I'd be over here like, yeah. oh, gosh, I have to go back now. That's the, that's the athlete in you, but yeah, it's, it's the same checking your, checking your ego at the door, dropping the weight down, knowing yep. that you're not going to be able to lift as much as the the guy in the gym that's doing the most. And, uh, it's interesting. I think like, I don't know if there's a best, is there a standard, like, um, a gold standard in the bodybuilding world? Like what physique is the best or like height or weight or so that is, that is no, definitely not anymore. Not um, anymore. obviously Arnold, right? Yeah. Arnold was the epitome of bodybuilding. Um, you look at today's bodybuilders, the, the shape of them themselves have changed a lot. Um, that's why they brought back a, a new division called Classic Physique. Um, and, and the idea is to be a, like look like Arnold-esque. 
Okay. As much nice. as possible. The open is like all about as big as you can be yet lean and proportioned. Um, but it's definitely not like the Arnold days are, I would still say Arnold's still the person you sought after for the most part when you're talking about bodybuilding, especially on the non-competitive side, right? We all want to look big. We all want to look pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, the yeah. Thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that's, I guess that's who I'd say would be the person you'd look at the gold standard of bodybuilding in gotcha. my opinion still. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. The, uh, in CrossFit, it seems like um it's a guy that's or gal that's about five seven to five nine 175 to 195 pounds um but just built like a tank and they have excelled in all domains of fitness right because you don't know like in the open right or even any day if you go to a crossfit gym you don't know what the workout's going to be so the idea is to prepare you for anything that they might throw at you whether that's um, heavy barbell work or gymnastics work on the bars and the rings, whether that's, um, I don't know, running like a, a 5k, right. They have to do a lot of endurance work as well. So it's, uh, you said it well, specializing and not specializing and being prepared for tomorrow, tomorrow being a vague word, meaning whatever that throws at you, whatever tomorrow throws at you. So all of life's challenges, it's a, it's cool. GPP programming, general physical preparedness is, I think, how they classify it in the literature. But uh, yeah, big fan of CrossFit, if that's not obvious to anyone listening so far. Um, just uh, just want to hit you with a scenario real quick, Easton. I think, I can't remember if we touched on this, if this came up in our conversation um, last podcast, or if this was just us chatting, but about high school athletes and them over specializing in their sport and just doing their sport and not doing any, uh, supplemental exercise or weightlifting. So if you had a high school athlete that came to you and said, um, Easton, I'm playing baseball six days a week and I'm on a, the school team and I'm on a travel team as well. What should I be doing to not get myself injured? Would you have any advice for them? For sure. Um, they definitely need to be doing some weight training, some, um, potentially some cardio. It depends on kind of what they're, I mean, if they're on a travel team, they're on the high school team, they're probably getting tons of cardio to be honest. Um, <laughs> really? Oh yeah. A lot of people, we're talking about baseball. Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't realize there's actually quite a bit of cardio. Um, a mm -hmm. lot more cardio than you realize. Yeah. Um, we used to go on 20 minute runs is what they call them. So for 20 minutes straight, you had to keep up with whoever the fastest person was. <laughs> So you ran multiple miles. I mean, that's 20 minute run baseball player. I mean, it's sprints. What, what are you talking about? I got to run. From yeah. So, <laughs> um, so they're both like, again, the cardio aspect of it. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I have a nephew right now who's 17 at Idaho Falls High School. And, um, you know, when I was home, he asked to work out with me. So we went and worked out at the Apple there. And Nice. Um, you know, I told him the biggest things for a baseball player they got to focus on um, is legs and core. Now, you can't be big and bulky. You, you're going to start limiting your flexibility and mobility. Um, and, as, and as a baseball player, especially, you don't want to do that. You can't, yeah. do it, right? Um, and so you got to focus on just working them out, not necessarily building the muscle, but building the, mu not building the look of the muscle being bigger, but the actual like stress of the muscle or strength of the muscle. Yeah. Um, so what I would recommend usually, and this is what it was recommended to me when I went to, when I got the college program I got, was six to eight reps you're in between that 
real full strength training, but yet um, the, the muscle building, you know, rep range. Um, and then of course they moved it again um, after about six weeks, I think on that. This was written by a trainer that was part of the athletic program that I was gonna go to school for. Um, they changed it to higher reps again to build yeah. muscle. So interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot similar to bodybuilding, in my opinion. What what I got from a college workout standpoint um, for baseball. Um, but I would always recommend find those specifics. Find a personal trainer that knows your sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so baseball, core, legs, mobility. Um, you still want to work on like agility and things like that. Soccer, you know. Um, I'm sure you can talk more to that, Jeff. Um, yeah, it's gonna be leg stuff too. I'm assuming. <laughs> um, leg I strength. know. Yeah, okay. I. Go ahead. You go. I, I was going to say, dad, if you're listening to this, it was probably not the best advice, but I know you had good intentions. Um, he was <laughs> like, you're playing soccer. You probably don't need to work out your legs. Right. I was like, okay, that sounds like, yeah, I work out my legs and practice all the time. But if I would have been like squatting and deadlifting while right. I was playing soccer or like in the off seasons, at least like I probably could have been a much better player um, it, even compared to where I was. Exactly. Cause Running a lot, like soccer, you're running a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a different type of strength. That's you're, you're you're not talking about actual true strength, in my opinion. Right, um, I agree. Squats and deadlifts, where you're actually loading that weight on you and having to exert that or output that to, in order to do a rep, um, is creating a whole other level of strength that you could utilize. Yeah. In the sport. Yeah, I agree. My shot could have had another. I don't know, 10 miles an hour on it or something. Right. right. Well, and a lot of people think with pitchers, right. With baseball specifically, um, arm strength for pitching, not true. Um, think about where your power comes from when you're pitching, you're right. actually pushing off the mound with your lower body, your core, your arms kind of just following behind. Yeah. Obviously you still have to build your shoulder up and stuff to withhold velocity and stop yeah. your arm. But yeah, that's, yeah. that is the interesting thing too. It's, it's all about the, how fast will your arm let you decelerate? Right. Yep. So it doesn't get ripped out of your socket. It's like, that's kind of your limiting factor, not how fast you can throw the ball. You're right. It, it all generates from how well you can transfer the force from your, from the ground to your feet, to your core, and then rotate same, same in golf. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say golf is actually a lot similar. Um, when we talked about hitting, you know, baseball wise, it was, um, I remember my coach always said, starts with your feet, comes to your head. Like, you're always moving like you're always transferring your weight from your lower body to actually get the power you're not swinging with your arms you swing with your whole body and your power starts at your your lower half um yeah i was like it's so weird to think about and then i took a kinetic anatomy class um at boise state yeah nice that sounds cool and it was like this and i learned human anatomy and then i learned kinetic anatomy and i was like i thought they're the same thing i'll be honest with you um and i was like (laughs) And, and actually we did a golf swing. That's actually what one of our projects was, was a golf swing and what really? muscles actually start it, what muscles, you know, stop you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting looking at the kind of the kinematic sequence of like good players and how they uh, on the downswing, at least initiate with their lower body and let the rest of their chain follow. Then it's pelvis, then it's torso, then it's arm, then it's club, right. Yep. That comes last. So, Yeah. Super cool. So, um, yeah, for any high school athletes that are listening, definitely get in a solid um, strength and conditioning program. Would you recommend more of a bodybuilding style one or a, or a power lifting or a blend? I would say a little bit of a blend, to be honest. Um, 
And the reason being is you got to build that strength more so, right? Um, again, mm-hmm. football's a little different. Football, you're going to be built. You want to build some muscle mass, depending on what position you're in. Yeah. Um, so it really comes down to that. But I would say almost a blend of power power building. Um, kind of what we talked about would kind of be your best option as a kid. Um, again, follow somebody who's more specific to your sport um, and make sure they're taking care of like you from preventing yourself from injury, um, especially at a young age. That's the thing you're going to be doing, though, is if you're working out and stuff, you're going to help yourself actually be able to sustain your sport longer if you want it to be. True. 100% true. Okay. Well, any any final thoughts as we wrap up, Easton? That was a, a loaded hour of jabbering. We didn't, I didn't sure. uh, cut it short like I said I was going to again. But <laughs> well, I hope people find this. Uh, lovely, I mean, I, you know, it is longer, but I think it's something that a lot of people can va- get some value out of. Um, whether you're yeah. beginner, whether you're advanced, any of that, um, there's going to be something out of the conversation you should be able to take away. Yeah. In my opinion. So, yep. Just, just start somewhere. Try, try a bunch of things, try CrossFit, try bodybuilding, try yoga Pilates, try running. If you are a psycho, um, but just Zumba. try <laughs> Zumba. Wow. Yeah. Zumba's fun. I've done Zumba. There's a new one out. Um, that's similar to Zumba. Um, oh my goodness. I can't think of what it's called. Um, anyways, but yeah, so like, there's a lot of cool things out there for your, for overall, just getting active. Um, so I recommend doing any of it. Yep. That's I took some the... classes back in the day and, uh, none of them <laughs> stuck. I'll be honest, but it's it a good experience. Yeah, no, it's a good experience. I think. And it gives you a different perspective on, uh, schools of thought and different ways of exercising. So, um, all good things. Well, thanks for coming on Easton. No happy, to, happy to have you. I, I, I don't know what else we'll cover, but I would be happy to have you on again at some point. It's always fun chatting with you. Sounds good. So thanks guys for listening. And if you guys got any questions for Easton contact information, of course is the same as last time, but um, best place, I believe he said to reach out to him on was LinkedIn. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Awesome. And uh, check out BB, BB BB.com, BB.com for any, you guys got any promos or anything you're doing for what's coming up? Man, um, St. Patrick's Day. Couple things to look forward to. Um, we have a big birthday month in April, actually, always. Um, I can't tell you like what promos or anything are going to happen, but um, always a big month for us in the sense of sales and stuff. Nice. Um, I'm sure we'll have some cool things. It's going to be our 20. Oh my goodness, I'm going to botch this. Uh, 23rd year. 23rd uh, year. Nice. 23rd year. Um, and it's yeah, us. Exactly, right? It's almost. <laughs> um but there'll definitely be some products on there check out those articles guys if you're a crossfit fan um i felt like that art i know i'm biased because i wrote it um but i felt <laughs> well, like I had some good information especially on the supplement side I, you know I, I didn't know i mean i can always recommend supplements but i wanted to get it from somebody who does crossfit yeah so. yeah i will i will make sure to drop that article in the show notes for sure okay Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time on the Seeking Wellness Podcast, Southeast Idaho edition, and talk to you later. Hey, everybody. I just want to say thank you for listening to the Seeking Wellness Podcast. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss out on any of these great episodes. If you haven't left me a review yet, that would mean the world to me so I can implement any of your feedback that you have for me. 
And if you feel compelled to do so, share this out with more people, because my goal is to connect with and help as many people as possible in our community. And finally, if you have any ideas for future episodes or suggestions on guests I should interview, please shoot me a message because I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, and until next time.